I genuinely do love how many Burbank residents are swinging for the fences with a Boston accent <laughs> in that scene. Yes. The scene where they're at the bar, I'm like, one guy has it and everyone else is like, Frasia. Like, oh my God. Like, I thought your dad was a plumber from Dorchester. <laughs> they're fully like just acting like they're in like a local production of Newsies. And you're like, great. <laughs> love that. I'm sold. Welcome to TV I Say with Ashley Ray, your go-to podcast for discovering what to watch on TV and getting behind-the-scenes insight from the people who make the shows you love. Uh, You just heard a little tease of my chat with Jamie Loftus, the amazing Jamie, who, yeah, we, we get into a lot this episode. Do we get into the Chicago hot dog issue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we can't just talk about TV. Uh, Obviously, we get into Frasier, the Frasier reboot. You want to know about it because you probably aren't watching it. But we talk about that. We talk about Chicago hot dog, something near and dear to my heart. Uh, And we get into some just really great vintage TV that you're going to want to check out. Uh, And maybe I share some opinions on Follow the House of Usher. Yeah. All, all, all the latest and greatest. So let's just get right into it. Enjoy my interview with Jamie Loftus. When Tillamook ice cream beckons you to the freezer aisle, which irresistibly creamy flavor do you choose? While you're thinking, try not to fuck up the glass. Tillamook ice cream. Extraordinary dairy. Hello there. It's Jamila Jamel. Take a deep breath. Let your breath out slowly to the count of six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Do you feel better? Well, on my podcast, I Weigh, this month we'll be exploring ways to tackle mental health and feel better with guests like Simon Sinek from The Optimism Company, therapist Vienna Farron, comedian Neil Brennan, and many more. Listen to I Weigh wherever you get your podcasts. Jamie Loftus, welcome to TV Club. Uh, listeners, you know Jamie from like every podcast that I love, basically. <laughs> the Bechdel cast, My Year in Mensa, Lolita podcast, and as a writer in television for Robot Chicken, Teenage Youth in Asia. Incredible second season, by the Thank way. Thank you. So, so funny on Adult Swim and Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh, she also wrote one of my favorite books of the year, Raw Dog, The Naked Truth About Hot Dogs which taught me so, so much about a food that I don't enjoy as much now, but still love deeply. When I when I saw you were reading it, I was like, oh, no, am I going to catch shit for for my sins against Chicago? Like what what is going to happen? I, you know, yes, yes, you ha- you <laughs> show a lot of Warranted. hate towards I, well, I just want to clear the air on it because I love the Chicago style hot dog. I do believe mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. the best a hot dog can be. Uh, you disagree. I do, but I love Chicago, and I feel like I didn't make that yeah. clear enough in the book. I was like, yes. this is actively aggressive of me to do. And while some Chicagoans aren't willing to separate the dog and the city, I am. Mm-hmm. So I, I can separate your hatred for, yeah, it is like a salad on a hot dog, but it's I can respect that and not not be angry. Yeah, there's there's like I, I was like, wow, I really did say that whole book that there's no wrong way to eat a hot dog and then aggressively went in yeah aggressively except it was if if I could do it again and also when I well you'll be happy to know this when I did 
my show, my book promotion show in Chicago, my people who had come there to see me booed me as I was coming out. So Chicago really held it down. I was like, all right, you know what? Fair. You're not wrong. And this was my worst fear of what would happen. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, we love our hot dogs. We take it really seriously. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's you a know, shame it's not to... a better hot dog because wow. I appreciate the, no, I have to stop. I have to stop. Uh, yeah. It's let's okay. do, let's just set that aside. I am so excited to know what TV you're watching because uh, they sent me a little list and it is so everywhere that I love it. <laughs> Uh, what what have you been? What's on your watch list right now? I've I have been absolutely all over the place recently. I haven't been keeping up with recent TV in the way that I normally would. I was because the season of Star Trek that I've been working on has been coming out. I was rewatching some Star Trek Voyager, uh, oh. so I I've been enjoying that. But I've been going really deep on old Mary Hartman Mary Hartman episodes. Um, and then the spin, so I've been into Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman for some time, but then I had never checked out the spinoff of Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman starring Fred Willard, uh, Fernwood tonight. And that show is also completely nuts. And I can't believe it was broadcast. I can't believe that you watch Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. I discovered it on YouTube like forever ago. And I used to annoy my mom with it because she hated it. She was like, I remember this weird show that made fun of like soap operas and I hated it. And I can't believe you're watching this old weird show. It's so funny. It's so funny. And I also totally understand why it would be super annoying to watch in broadcast because you're just it moves I, so slowly. Yeah. It's absurd so how little happens in the space of an episode and how it's just like Louise Lasser kind of <laughs> like plodding around a kitchen. Sometimes she takes a phone call. Sometimes we don't even get that far. It's no, just, no. Uh, it's my, it's my favorite. Yeah. I think I found it. This made me feel old. I was like, I think I originally found that show on daily motion. Ooh, yeah, that feels right. Yeah, I definitely feel like I wasn't watching it on a YouTube. It was something there's more out there. An ad, an ad every fourteen seconds. But you're like, no, this is good. Let's hang in. And I'm just like, I have a pop up blocker. It's solid. Like, let's roll. (laughs) Uh. Yeah, that's where Fern. That as far as I could tell, that's also the only place you can find Fernwood tonight. Which is that? That's the spinoff. So I didn't even know there. Like I. I think I was aware of a spinoff, but never tried to find it. Yeah, I, uh, I I spent the summer with my dad, very romantic. Uh, and yeah, he he knew as a Mary Hartman fan, he assumed I had seen Fernwood Tonight. So it's like a talk show that took place within the Mary Hartman universe. It was only on okay. for like three months, but it was every <laughs> night. So there's like, 60 episodes (laughs) and it's yeah it's like martin mull who is in mary hartman mary hartman as his name i have it up here garth gimbal who was a uh, a wife beater who died being impaled by a christmas tree star wow yeah and that's so poetic so the show is hosted by this i think the same actor playing his brother and then Fred Willard as 
a guy. It's such a weird show. Also, basically nothing happens. It's I'm going to go it's find great. the show. I absolutely love just weird shows from like the 60s and 70s that make you go, wow, we used to be a proper country, a proper <laughs> nation that just let wild weirdos do whatever they wanted on primetime TV. You can make a show for $3 and that was fine. It is nuts how like community theater those shows feel. Yeah. It's weird. Oh, not today. Not anymore. No. No. It makes me feel so old because I was just like, I, they don't make it like this anymore. It looks, <laughs> it looks both better and worse. Like it's, it's wild. Yeah. Uh, and not, not now when you said you were watching swarm when yes. you have like Amazon prime video budgets on a TV show, which I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed swarm. I, I watched it with a friend over the summer and I think that it was, I'm, I feel like I'm not usually super sensitive to violence, but this is real violent. They really make you sit in it. I feel like I haven't yeah. been forced to sit in it at a, in a show for a long time. It, yeah, it was one of those ones where I truly was like, I think I got to look away from the screen a bit. Yeah. I think I don't want to see what's about to happen here. Uh, especially when you're like, oh, maybe she's finally over it and she's just going to be like in love and nor and then you're like, no, and you're like, no, she's that what that one was especially and it was interesting because it was like a close friend of mine from high school who just like didn't blink. It, I was like, I'm nervous to be around you right now because <laughs> she oh, God. Yeah, that that show I I feel well, I, I don't you know far better than I do. I feel like that show didn't get the like the hype felt too brief for that show. Yeah. 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 I think there was something about putting it all out at once that really kind of didn't make conversation last. And most of what went viral online were the sex scenes in the very first episode mm -hmm. with like Chloe Bailey that were so silly because it was truly people being like, do you think they had real sex in the TV show? <laughs> Uh, to the point where we had to interview the intimacy coordinator so she could go, no, it wasn't real. Because uh, so many, that was all people were talking about. I guess means uh, that she did a great job. But like... They did a really good job. But it did get, I think, an Emmy nom for like best writing. Okay. So I was happy to see that. But I think if they had done it weekly, people would have been tuning in trying to like figure out what was going on. Yeah, it did. I didn't think of that because I watched it. I mean, yeah, a couple of months after it came out, but it it does feel like it should be more of like a conversation show. Yeah. Billie Eilish played a cult leader and like no one really talked about it. That's always fascinating to me. I felt well, I, I didn't get through the idol, but I got I did. You I did braver than anyone like I I I got to the third episode I know what happened because there's been 1500 demented video essays that have come out that essentially recap it but I'm always amazed when there's a really really gigantically famous person in a show and still no one watches it like Jenny from Blackpink is in the <laughs> idol and they still couldn't get people to watch the fucking show they had oh, all your favorites in it and people were just like I mean gosh how does Dan that happen Levy is so fun in, in Shit's Creek but I just don't love him enough to go there. I can't. And then also he's like only in one episode and then never shows up again in the show. It's really weird. Which is always very, yeah, violent. I do like when they like, you know, kill. So I just rewatched Barbarian for the for the Bechtel cast. And 
it is great to see like, oh, wow, I really have a huge thing for Bill Skarsgård. And then he's, you know, dead 20 minutes later. You're like, all right, fine. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm being punished for being horny. But the Dan Levy thing doesn't. He was just in one episode. He was just in one episode. And it has a feeling of he was like, I see where this is going. I don't want to be involved anymore. Just just leave me out of it. Just cut me out of the show. Just leave it. Don't even explain it. God, I hope he's that powerful. I really hope he's that. He's <laughs> like, actually, I'm, I am only available for three days upon further thought. <laughs> upon further thought. I just can't. Uh, I, I mean, Schitt's Creek, it's a powerful show. They have like a lobby, I feel. It's really, I mean, I, I, they, their crew runs deep. I feel like that, I'm trying to think of shows from the past 10 years. That is like a show that I watched enthusiastically. And then like, now I can fall asleep to it for the rest of my life. And like, what a beautiful yeah. gift. Do you have like a fall asleep show? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I mean, obviously there's the Golden Girls, the Office, the Nanny, uh, and then one I, I also want to discuss, Frasier. Frasier mm. is one of my go-to-sleep shows because Ooh. they used to show it on Lifetime when I was a kid. Boy, did they. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and it used to be like the nanny, Golden Girls, and Frasier. And I was like, ooh, yes, this is this is it. Okay, so you were a Frasier child as well. I feel like Frasier child yeah. is a very specific kind of kid. Oh, that's awesome. I'm not Oh, surprised. absolutely. It, uh, yeah, I would say that that really fits with my personality. <laughs> I just was like watching Frasier and I'm like, huh, I get that reference. Yes, I do. Yeah, I get what he's talking about. <laughs> that was that was such a thing for me when I was a kid in across all media. I really loved to pretend to know what people were talking about and then would like write. I had a oh, I, I mean, I do I do have OCD, but I didn't know that when I was a kid and it would manifest in stuff like watching Frasier. God, this makes me feel so old, but I had this old <laughs> TV that was tiny with an antenna that my parents got as like a wedding present in the eighties. And I, oh, yeah. and I got to keep it in my room and I could watch, like I could arrange the antenna. I, I sound 70 years old, but like <laughs> Frasier was on like local TV at from 10 to 11, which was past my bedtime. But I was like, I got to watch it. So I would have it on super quiet and I would get really close to the screen and I would have a notebook. And if they wrote <laughs> and if they just because they were just saying shit. I mean, it was br brilliantly, but they were just saying shit. And so I would try to like write down like Kierkegaard or like whatever <laughs> they had said. And then like would try to would like Google it at school, like big loser shit but i i loved i mean gilmore girls was very much the same of like yeah what are they talking about a what is this like i want to know about this adult world this is what you like have to know and it's just them talking about like some french filmmaker you don't need to know at all it was so oh god i'm trying to think of the shows i would like frasier that would get you into a particular area gilmore girls and yes. girlfriends i would watch obsessively and those uh. That, then you would be like taken care of pop culture wise. Yeah. Girlfriends. Oh, loved girlfriends. Such a classic. I rewatched that like top to bottom uh, during lockdown and just was like. Same. Really? Ugh. Yeah. I rewatched it. I, I mean, I rewatched so many Sex in the City, but Girlfriends, I, I don't know. I guess as a kid, I didn't realize how good it was, obviously, because I was a child. I like did not understand all the jokes. <laughs> 
And now I watch it, I'm like, oh my goodness. And also I realized they were kind of the villains. For like, sure. The girlfriends, they were kind of the villains. I was not on their side as much. <laughs> For sure. I mean, they, I mean, but it's like, that's I, also true of Gilmore Girl. Like all of the girls oh, yeah. of the early 2000s were. Rory is a villain. She is. Ooh super villain I oh god that show I mean I do think that those are and, and Golden Girls I got into a little later I wish I had gotten to it at the right time but Golden Girls oh yeah I, I was too. a Golden Girls child like that one I'd say was the one I watched the youngest uh with like my cousins were like even my boy cousins were like we got to stop playing y'all Golden Girls is on who is your who is your girl uh, you know, I would say I'm really a Rose girl, honestly. Mm-hmm. Rose would always make me laugh. I always loved how game she was to set up a punchline. Mm-hmm. I loved her. And she also was still a little slutty like Blanche. You got a little bit of everything with Rose. And she was, just, you know, just the sweetest. I really, yeah. And it's like Betty White's like such a generous actor. I don't know. I really, I really loved her. I was, I was a Dorothy big time. Uh uh-huh loved Dorothy because I, I just I think it was because I was really tall and I was like oh I was gonna you say is it because you're both tall yeah. I was immediately gonna go simple. is it because you're both tall I'm a simple yeah. person it's because we're both tall and I was like wow you could be tall and act like that and that's <laughs> that's inspirational to me but yeah Frasier was definitely I got I had like I had a lot of crushes on like old men when I was a kid same i had a big thing for oh walter matthau is that his yeah (laughs) that's kind of a deep cut too i was just really like he's everything to me as like a nine-year-old girl (laughs) i i wow wait i just i had to pull up the i mean the hat i mean his his hat game like the same thing with like how can you as a 10-year-old be in love with Kelsey Grammer with that hairline? Like, it defies logic. But I was like, who? Now there is a man. It was like, wait, who? So Walter Matthau, who else were your, like, formative crushes? I really liked Jack Lemon. Wow. Okay, you have a type. You have a type. I, got, I have a bit of a type. Old-timey like, guy. Yeah, old-timey guy. And I think it's because, like, my grandma and grandpa would make me watch movies of them when they were young. So then when I saw them when they were old, I was still like, huh, I see it for you. This does something for me. Yeah. This works. Did you ever have uh, the experience of – my? I remember my mom telling me that this had happened to her when she was a kid. And then it also happened to me. Like, having a crush on someone – who is in who has since died and having to be told like that man died in his sleep in his 80s you know (laughs) (laughs) actually I had that happen with uh Kurt Cobain actually that was the first time that happened to me that's a swerve you don't see that one coming you don't see that one coming I I yeah I was like three when he died so by the time I got into him when I was like I don't know 11 Mm -hmm. I was just like wow I love this music that I found on Kaza. Wow. What a, what a brilliant soul. I love this guy. I wish I, I I should find out more about him. And then that like a week later, VH1 was showing a behind the music on Nirvana. And I was like, wow, how iconic I get to learn about my new favorite band. Look at Wow. This is so, such good timing. And an hour later, I was like crying to my mom. Like, why didn't you tell me he was dead? Brutal. My mom had that experience with Gene Kelly when she was a kid. Um, where he, I don't think he had died yet, but she would tell me the story about how she 
sent him like fan mail to his PO box and he sent her back a signed headshot, but it was like him as an old person. And she was like, what? <laughs> How could this be? <laughs> Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. TV, I say. You ever did Jesus Christ Superstar? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So Carl Anderson, who plays Judas in the original cast in the movie, I w- and who wears, like, the orange suit and sings, oh, I was, like, I, ref- like, have vivid memories of- I mean, that's a good one. Having a laser jet printer, like, picture of him. And he, and, and I found out that he had died the previous year, and I was, like, I was, like, I need to go on a walk? Like, what is going on? <laughs> oh, yeah. I- feel like I remember in high school he died. I, our theater teacher, I think I remember him being very like, Judas from Jesus Christ Superstar. I remember that distinctly. I remember my, my like, because my, my mom would show me all the Broadway musicals and she was like, no, Jamie, you're supposed to have a crush on Jesus. I was like, that's <laughs> not Judas. Have you seen Jesus's outfits? They're awful. They're awful. They're not great. His songs aren't as good. It's Judas all the way. He's a tortured soul. I could fix him. Like, that is the vibe you're going for. God. And then Alex Trebek. Oh, Alex Trebek. Oh, yeah. Big oh, crush. Alan Thick. Alan Thick was Wow. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good Alfred Molina. He did, he wasn't in TV oh. ever, really. But um, yeah, Alex Trebek and Kelsey Grammer. And then, like, on a some flights of fancy I would go for David Hyde Pierce but he was but he was so frail you know yeah he always was just a little frail boy to me I was just they didn't make him very uh sexualized on Frasier you know except for every once in a while where they really let him oh yeah <laughs> hang like, loose like go wild on Daphne or something oh my and you just be like oh right I guess they they have a connection. That's I I was rewatch. I mean, because I was excited for the reboot, especially because I don't I don't yeah. know how you feel about like. So are you watching the reboot? I've watched the first two episodes. I think there might be a third one out now, but I haven't seen it yet. I felt and I usually feel irrationally like when the wave of hatred about Fraser's genes came out. I was like, let's give him a chance to explain himself. Why are we yeah. being so mean? Why to why are we judging Fraser? Like I'm sure Fraser has a reason. 
I've I've yet to discern the reason for the jeans, but I I just I, I I found it very bizarre how that was received because like people seemed upset that it was a different show and it's like well Frasier was well, a different yeah. show than Cheers like what are you talking about? So um, I I do want to say in in the first episode they set up a jeans joke Frasier. Just listeners, if you aren't, if you didn't immediately dive into the Frasier reboot, I literally uh, what was it's up about, at midnight. It's pretty embarrassing. I I was ready. They moved him to Boston, so that's exciting. Because the, yes, there are people with Boston accents in the show. We're well, loving that. attempts. We get there's, yeah. You're there's gonna want attempts. the Cheers references, and they get it. They give yeah. them to you. He's like, I spent too much time at a certain bar, and you're like, oh, there it is. And you're like, yes, say the name, say the name of the bar cameos come on yeah let's do it (laughs) and he's there to like reconnect with his son he ends up like finding out his son has a roommate who has a child and then he's like you're poor so i have to buy the entire apartment building you live in classic (laughs) fraser and that classic fraser so he buys the building and then somehow they give that apartment to the lady with the kid and his son moves in with him but as they're moving like the couch in the Frazier's like, you can't sit on my couch in jeans. So there is, I think, going to be some sort of full circle payoff. Oh, here that's like a later in the season. He co- he's going to be a professor yeah. who wears jeans. And then there was a whole round of discourse about like, would Frazier be a tenured professor? I was like, there, I've heard enough. That is my <laughs> father. Like, you have to stop talking about him that way. I did think about the, so I was talking about this with, my boyfriend the other day where like it was like Kelsey Grammer for me is the greatest sitcom actor ever. He could just lock in and start Frasering at any time. It's in his nature. He could. And so it is jarring to see him around people who are still very much figuring out their characters while he's Frasering, but that doesn't bother me. I'm like, they'll figure it out. It's a different show. I love that. I did. Yeah. I love that his son is played by a Hamilton understudy. We are like, <laughs> best of luck go nuts it does feel very like three other people said no to this offer and they were like well we got yes. this guy the third guy was available i was looking at i mean like i'm sure he's and i think he's doing a i good bet he's a job. wonderful yeah he's doing great but, you know and i mean kelsey Grammer has not lost a, a minute of like sitcom just like acting skills he is right there delivering the hits he is making me laugh. I was surprised it was so poorly received. Like it got horrible reviews. <laughs> they were getting it. They were just like coming for. So I don't listen to the critics because what? It was very funny. It was fine. Like, there's a whole part where he pretends his dad is dead, but then Fraser, the dad is there. Fraser's there, but they pretend he's dead and do a whole therapy thing. It's and are we not laughing? It got me. Like I just I. <laughs> I really, yeah, I was surprised that it was received so poorly, but I feel like it, hopefully it'll stay on because I, I, I did enjoy, um, the, the main thing that really bothered me, I guess, because it's like the new show is like predicated on like Frazier's rebuilding his relationship with his son. He was genuinely a very absent father in the yeah. original series. So when he's like saying stuff in the pilot where he's like, 
all I ever wanted to do was be a good father. I'm like, Frasier, oh, yeah. that it's, didn't even crack your top five. Like, top, yeah, it was not a concern for you at all. Freddie came on once a season. Once a season, that. and I usually forgot that he had a kid, and I'd be like, oh, right, this whole thing. It's so bizarre. Yeah, I, I remember specifically an episode where Freddie was briefly a goth, to Frasier's dismay. But Yes, like, yes, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, it was just like he was just kind of an annoyance. But it was never like, when will I reconnect with him? What kind of relationship? How do you feel about the show moving to Boston? Obviously, I have to ask you. I feel great about it. I hope that they end up doing more with it. I don't know necessarily that they <laughs> will. Like, I, and and I'm I don't know. I I weirdly did not grow up with Cheers. I think that like it must have been just like a weird time where it was like Cheers had ended, They, but it wasn't old enough to be in reruns really. So Same. I feel like I yeah. have a real gap there. I kind of remember it coming on on Nick at Night like around the time MASH started airing. Right. And it, I think it was after MASH and MASH was too depressing and I would just kind of be like, do what? MASH. I, yeah. I was like, this isn't fun. I'm going to go watch the Lifetime reruns because over there they have the nanny and Golden Girls. They have the they have truly the girls. I um I started watch. I've watched some of it, but I like am not a completionist in any way. But like I, I like that they brought him back to a familiar location. I genuinely do love how many Burbank residents are swinging for the fences with a Boston accent <laughs> in that scene. The yes. scene where they're at the bar. I'm like. One guy has it and everyone else is like, Frasier. Like, like, we're going to just keep trying. Like, I thought your dad was a plumber from Dorchester. They're fully like just acting like they're in like a local production of Newsies. And you're like, great. (laughs) Amazing. Love that. I'm sold. Love it. I hope someone goes right. Freddie isn't even really attempting it. He's just speaking loudly. Like, I I love it. I love it all. I hope they do more with it. I'm like the Harvard setting. I could kind of take or leave. Yeah. Frazier as a professor doesn't really excite me. Uh, I do, I guess, like his friend character, Alan, this like tenured professor who doesn't care anymore. He's He's pretty fun. I like that. Is it the president of Harvard? Who is like the yeah like mrs harvard mrs. i like harvard her. great olivia, olivia finch. finch thank, thank you, you Anita. you were i just want to say my producer was so quick with that At just like the red i was so excited when i found out anita's a fellow fraser head i think i think olivia finch is going to come into her own like it's just, yeah no one feels fully realized yet but and i like oh the character freddie's friend freddie's like roommate yeah, yeah who like has a baby i love that She's she has funny. this weird kind of relationship with fraser going on i love a good reboot i am surprised this is getting bad reviews but i also loved like the night court reboot oh i didn't watch it it's good it's like pretty in tune with the original i i'm not gonna say it's as funny it's like a different kind of show you know it's updated it's a bit more modern but it's enough that you're like, they're doing their own thing and it's funny in its own respect. And that's how I feel about new Frasier. It's not, I'm, I'm glad to hear you feel that way. Yeah. I, I feel like less, I mean, cause certainly like, I don't know when it was nothing but reboots, uh, it was like, not, I don't know. I wasn't enjoying it as much, but now that it feels like the air is kind of being sucked out, like that well is almost run dry. You're like, well, Let's ride it out. Let's see what they got. Yeah. Like it's when it got to like the point where they're like, we're going to adapt the Mighty Ducks 
at a time where hockey is at an all-time low in popularity. <laughs> no one's giving yeah. a shit about it in this in 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 the US for 20 years, but let's pour <laughs> a bajillion dollars into it and seven people will watch it. And I was like, you know, this is becoming like performance art in an interesting way. What, what would you like to reboot? I mean, I, there was at some point a Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman reboot in production. I got to, in 2019, I got to, I got to interview Norman Lear and like, uh. That was basically all I asked him about. I was like, so is that happening? Like, what is it? What's going on? <laughs> so what's up with Mary, Har- um, Mary Hartman? Can you tell me more about that? Because, yeah, and I was like, I, he, his career is so, but I was like, what about that? And he was like, oh, okay. Uh, but it was supposed to be Stevie from Shit's Creek was going to play Mary Hartman. Uh. And I don't, I mean, I'm guessing that was like four years ago. So I'm guessing it's not happening. But like, I just, uh, I would love to see that. I would. I don't, I can't think of something. I don't know. Is there something you really want to see rebooted? My instinct is that I would absolutely love to see something like the OC rebooted. Uh, I know they tried a reboot with like Gossip Girl. Yeah. I I didn't, it didn't quite hit for me. Something like the OC I think would be good. Uh, I think like the Pretty Little Liars reboot, I've been enjoying. I liked that. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Talk about a television show that couldn't age worse and I still love every second of it. <laughs> every single moment of it. I Something like the OC, yeah. I would love. But I guess sitcom wise, I mean, ah, you know, I they've tried with the Golden Girls. that You can't recreate that kind of magic. That story... No was told to where it need to be needed to be. I guess, you know what? Growing pains. Ooh, that would be Reboot cool. Growing pains. Yeah. But like, and, but, and the, and the kids are like how the actors are today. So Kirk Cameron is like a super crazy religious person <laughs> and they just, they go from there. <laughs> that would absolutely rip. I liked the wonder years reboot. I thought that was a, pr- a pretty solid one that felt like different yeah. enough. And like, I enjoyed that one. There are some that you're like, I, I think that, you know, whatever. It makes sense that people are just exhausted by it. And there's, uh, but, but some of them were like, ah, get the wonder, re- the wonder years reboot was pleasant. I enjoyed it. It was pleasant. It, they changed it up enough. And I was sad to hear that got canceled. Yeah. But you know, we still got night court. <laughs> so. We still. We have new Frasier. Hopefully it'll get, I we think it'll get Frasier. a second season. People, I, maybe it's just because I'm a member of the community, but I'm like, people are excited about it. Yeah, <laughs> we're excited. We're talking about it. We're so excited for new Frasier. I guess uh, Paramount Plus, they, they're kind of hit or miss on being tough with their renewals. They renewed School Spirit, which I loved, but they canceled Rise of the Pink Ladies, which made me so angry and like wiped it from the face of the planet right yeah they also removed it they didn't just they were like take the whole thing down i think it's because people online made fun of the show because they use cgi in this one scene where basically the guy who plays the main like heart heartthrob guy in the show left in the middle of filming he was like never mind really? i got another thing yeah he no. just left. wow and so kind of what dan Levy did Kind of what Dan Levy did, but this guy was just like, oh, I'm sorry. Was the whole season centered around me and my love interest? Well, I'm gone. And there's a scene where they were like, well, we still need to like have a reason why he gets like kicked out of school. 
So they do this like fight with a body double, but there's a scene where they CGI'd on the old guy's face onto the body (laughs) double. And it's like this guy punches a Sim character. It is awful. No, oh, I want to. I, I mean, it's like that is embarrassing. But it's I, I am very shocked at like I just am shocked that a huge like a mega corporation can be schoolyard bullied into making yeah. their own product. Like uh, I know that that's not all there is to it. But you're like, how like weirdly insecure yeah. must you be? It's. Yeah, very, very. It, it was such a good show. I wish I could. I wish I could watch it. I guess I missed it. <sighs> yeah, they just they get rid of stuff over there. So I don't know, but I I have a good feeling they're gonna let Fraser have a shot. I I think they're gonna give it like at least three seasons to find itself. I really, really hope so. I one thing I would love to. Did you grow up watching soap operas ever? Were you? Oh, absolutely. Okay. The Young and the Restless, mostly. Oh, okay, I was a General Hospital kid. Oh, okay. I love I love that everyone has their that they're like, well, that's great, but were you watching? Yeah, it? but my fa- what would yeah, because we were like Victor Newman, the young and the it's like to this day. If I go home, my mom will be watching it and she'll tell me exactly what's happening since the last time I watched, like eight years ago. She's still active. Wow, that's so cool. Oh yeah, yeah. I I uh, that was another thing that I kind of returned to the fold on during lockdown was general hospital. And I would love, 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 love if there was a resurgence in daily soaps, which I think could genuinely be accomplished if they hired anyone under 65 to write them. Absolutely. (laughs) But that's also their charm. So I like, don't really want to, but I have multiple times shamelessly like asked my representation, like, how do I do it? I will drop everything indefinitely everything to write for yes if there's any chance finally my mom would be proud of me if I was writing for the young and the restless just like an unbelievable I was I always have felt like I don't know I would much prefer if there was like a daily show to work on I would much prefer a soap opera to a late night show or something like that oh gosh (sighs) yeah I don't want to read the news. I just want to be like, okay, so then her sister comes out of the coma. <laughs> You're like, bad news. Sonny Corinthos has been once again <laughs> bonked on the head. And, <laughs> and this time it's dire. Like, I just, I love, so the character of Sonny Corinthos specifically on General Hospital, I remember him being my favorite because they've like all been forever, forever. Oh, like, yeah. And, uh, I like I had this grand vision and then I was like, this is depression. This needs I need to like walk this back. But um, the character of Sonny Corinthos, like he, you know, I think in the textbook way that like soap operas will never understand mental illness or be able to speak about it intelligently. He was like a bipolar character. That's what they said about him, but was played by an actor who actually had bipolar one and then ended up having this huge influence on the writer's room by like wanting the character to like actually reflect his own experience and like ended up moving the needle pretty significantly on how soap operas would talk about bipolar specifically. And I just it's and then you watch it and it's still basically awful. He's still getting bonked on the head. And then he's like, my name is Mike. <laughs> and like, you know, just getting thinking he's his dead father, but like did make 
incremental progress for moms <laughs> watching soap operas and their understanding of bipolar one. I don't know. I just think it's fascinating. I, I think the soap operas actually teach people stuff. I don't know. My grandma, when they finally had like a gay person on Young and the Restless, my grandma was like, wow, look at that. Gay people exist. <laughs> they don't exist until they're on the Young and the Restless. I would love to have that job. That would... That's oh, that's the dream gig in TV for me. That or working Truly. for like a law and order, any just sort of true crime procedural on NBC. Oh, what was your I my mom really I was too I procedurals for some reason I never really connected with I tried to like get into house when I was a kid, but I was too squeamish. So I couldn't watch the surgeries. Um, I yeah, I hated the surgeries and then I just thought he was such a jerk. I was like, I don't I don't care if he's right. I he I don't like him. So why would I want to watch him? Yeah, they're like, Oh, the cool thing about him is he's addicted to pills. Yes, so you're like, he's a cool he's a dick bag. And it was like, you know, that whole like, oh, we love bad guys who are anti-heroes and I was just like I don't need this brutal I was thinking about that recently I I I don't know there's a few huge uh like shows I haven't seen one of them is Breaking Bad but I am interested I saw Saw X last weekend and I thought it was a really good entry it's mostly focused on Jigsaw's cancer as many oh, of them wow. are. Yeah. So, but I was thinking about how, and like, I think Walter White is a connection of this, of like when a man in a movie or a TV is like diagnosed with a terminal illness, he becomes like a superhero or a supervillain or like yeah. a diabolical genius. Um, and if a woman is diagnosed with a terminal illness, she gets in an argument with her daughter and then dies. Like she doesn't get to do anything fucking cool. Nothing cool. Nothing fun. She's not avenging anyone. <sighs> She's just going to fight with her daughter or best friend. I'm sure that there's an exception to that rule, but I wasn't able to think of. One. I mean, I can't think of I'm what for a on the list beaches. Nope. Oh, I mean, talk about getting in an argument with your daughter and passing away. <laughs> passing God, away. it's so brutal. I don't know. I never saw what was that Edie Falco show, The C Word? Is that oh, right? oh, isn't there a show that's like The Big C or the something? The Big C, yes. Yeah. I'm thinking of Nurse Jackie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, Nurse Jackie, where she like kills people and does pills or something. Something. <laughs> It was, um, they're like, hmm, girl house. Hmm, what do we yeah. do? <laughs> okay. Let's see. Okay, so she's diagnosed with terminal cancer. And nope, it seems like she gets in an argument with her daughter. <laughs> in the, that's um, exactly what it is. It's in the synopsis. It says that she uh, wants to act up. And along the way, she forms new bonds with some unexpected people. Uh, <sighs> it's it's giving fight with your daughter. Bummer. Yeah. Gosh, Laura Linney. That this is a pretty right. packed cast. And I'm all of her plot. I, Yeah. Another goodness. formative crush. Gabri Gabri Sidibe. Yeah. She's in it. She's an amazing I always I really love how she like did a I don't know if she's what like era she's in now, but like she did a brief like hard pivot to comedy that I thought was yeah. awesome. Oh, she has a prank show right now with Eric Andre. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, so she's really doubled down on that. Yeah, it's like Johnny Knoxville, her and Eric Andre, and I don't know how that she is, got in on it, but she's, she's pranking people. Show. That good for yeah. her. TV, I say.
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Before we wrap up, I do want to talk about some TV news that that happened. Do you watch Love is Blind? I haven't watched this season uh, yet, but I do watch it. Okay. Well, this is the most boring season, and we just had the reunion, which was the most boring reunion. Uh, Basically, all the couples kind of fall apart this season because of some drama in the pods. So then only two couples actually end up making it to the honeymoon. (laughs) And by the time it gets to the altar, you're just kind of like, we don't like either of these couples. They shouldn't be together. Why am I watching? So the reunion brings them back and you realize the one couple that did get married, uh, the wife in it, Lydia, she was the one who like constructed all the drama in the pods that made other couples like with the show. (laughs) I do love when there's a diabolical. Yeah. It's yeah. She was the villain and she came out on top. She wins the show. Like there isn't a winner in love is blind, but she wins. She's the only one who comes out married this season. She's married to this like 24 year old, beautiful, dumb boy. Who's just, she's like 33. He's 22. And he's like, I work at a tech company and I make, six figures and I like to play video games and she's like I'll make a man out of you yet I don't care I came here to get married I will make whatever happened happen and he's like my parents say if they if I want their love and respect I have to get married oh gee. and he's like I kind of like when women are mean to me what is does that bring? yes he's like <laughs> He's like, my mom has never hugged me. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. God, so sinister. Such a sinister dynamic. Yeah, I, f- I feel like I've witnessed that. I'm trying to remember a woman on an early season of that similar dynamic where it was. Oh, uh, the one who gave her dog wine. Yes. Uh, she was older <laughs> and like married this younger guy who was just kind of like, I don't know. My family says Hi. it's time for me to grow up and get married. Yeah. And yeah, and she then she was her just dog like, wine. "That is a perfect distillation." Jessica, of who that person was. Jessica, yeah, she gave her it dog wine. Jessica. She did, and Lydia doesn't do that. She just she it basically it comes out that she had previously dated a guy in the pods and knew he was going to be on the show. Basically, applied so she could run into him and ruin his chances at love with anyone else. Wow. Uh, And then he finds out she's there. Like when they meet, he's like, who are you? And she's like, you don't remember me, Uche? Like, I remember everything about you. And he's Uche is like, he's, you know, she stalked me. She did this, this and this. 
But at the reunion, we find out that actually he's one of those guys who's just like, all my exes are crazy. She stalked me. And he has been like calling her and texting her still. And it's all a mess. But at the end of the day, she's the one married to like some rich guy who just wants to call her mommy. I mean, I would I would certainly settle for that. There I I it is a bummer on those shows where like I don't know, I want to see dynamics that are so cartoonishly toxic that you're like, well this could th- that's why you watch the show. You're like this I am yeah. bad at relationships, but not this bad. And so I find this comforting. God. Okay, I mean I will I I usually wait for the season to end because the the day-to-day discourse around it really stresses me out like more so than any show yeah it it gets really intense i don't know why but people really just tear these people apart <laughs> i subscribed to hunter harris's newsletter and i just sort of like put all of her recaps in a folder and like when the time comes yeah this will mean everything to me right now it means nothing she ranks each like love is blind person in her rankings for this season absolutely correct absolutely love what she had to say so go check that out i love that her two definitive rankings are love is blind and succession. It's perfect. (laughs) Which uh, two, two equal shows in my opinion aligned in quality and just spirit. Yeah. I found out uh, over the summer, my, my cousin had a baby and she uh, was like, there's this nurse that was like there for my delivery. And I was like, I felt nuts because I was zonked out on meds and she looks so familiar. I felt like I had seen her. And she figured out like three days after her son was born that her nurse had been on Married at First Sight season 10. Oh, my God. And and, like confirmed it. We did like a she like looked up the name. She like asked a nurse at the hospital and she was like, yeah, she doesn't like to talk about it, but they're still married. And yeah, they're. Oh, my gosh. I mean, divorce is expensive. They like that's one of those reality shows where I'm like, you know, like you're just gonna probably have to be married because right. it's not gonna work. That's and like for that for that person to see you give birth, um, how disorienting. But wow. I, I guess that they're still together. It's just so weird to be like, oh yeah, and then like Jessica and this girl, you know, from Love Is Blind has to just go back to being a person. A person like you have to go back to work and everyone's like, that's the girl who gave her dog wine and yeah. she works with me. And did those contestants get paid? I remember I've seen some discussion around it, but I think they get something when the season is finally out. And then when they do the reunion and the reunion films like after the entire season, like like when it comes out. So oh. I think they probably don't make too much, but they definitely don't get anything like while recording. Evil. And Evil. Th- yeah. It's kind of like The Bachelor where they have to like pay for their own makeup and clothes. And then the producer's like, great, we're going to make tons of money off of you. Right. Of you publicly humiliating yourself. And honestly, people are happy to do it. And I will tune in. I mean, I would do that show. I would do Love is Blind. Real- I would I, go on it. I would. I, I wanted I wish I could. I don't. I I think about it every time I watch those shows. I'm like, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I couldn't be on a dating show. I could be on like The Circle. I think I could be the Ooh. the one where you're in a room by yourself. I could definitely yeah. do that one. 
<laughs> yeah, I think I would love Love is Blind for the pod part. And then when it's like, wait, I have to like be in a room with this person and live with that. No, thank you. No, thank I'm you. I'm so afraid of the Love is Blind. Like, I'm so afraid someone would look at my face and flinch. Like, you know, and then everyone would would see that. Oh, braver than the troops. People who go on that show. Truly, truly. Uh, before we go, do you have any recommendations for the listeners? What should they be watching? Oh, I've genuinely would if the um, if you've got the emotional strength to to return to Daily Motion, I really would re- uh, recommend checking out Mary Hartman. Mary Hartman. Most or at least half of the episodes are on one Daily Motion channel that I hope never goes away. It's not streaming <laughs> anywhere else, which I think is really. Um, freaks me out that there's so many classic shows that you just can't access. Um, I would sort of recommend Fernwood tonight. It's kind of a mess, but if you want to know what it was like to be alive in the summer of 1977, that would be fun. And who doesn't? Exactly. But Mary is just above reproach. I just, I, I love her to death. So check her out, check her out uh, and all of the stains on her floor. <laughs> uh, yes. That's an amazing recommendation. I'm going to tell you to go watch Fall of the House of Usher, which just came Ooh. out on Netflix. Okay. Uh, it's incredible. I it is so, so good. I I started it, finished it in a day. I could watch that family for seasons and seasons, uh, but I think it's a pretty clear limited series uh, inspired by many poems from Edgar Allan Poe and... Yeah, I mean, I it's fun to watch if you took AP English Lit and sometimes you'll be like, oh, I I, I, I know that one. I know that reference. That's, I remember that. <laughs> Mike Flanagan is so fascinating. I mean, I, I have to support him due to the fact that he's from Massachusetts, but also like he like he's I don't know how he manages to turn something out every single fucking year. It's unbelievable. It's yeah. And it's always so good. It's yeah. just the perfect mix of like horror and camp and and funny it, like even when you're you know something terrible is gonna happen there are literally murders in the show that you will just laugh at that are just so great i love i mean back to back midnight mass midnight club oh uh, midnight loved yeah. them both loved them both i'm i'm excited to watch that yeah you know do the whole do the trio do all those shows that's my recommendation <laughs> and also if you have not been keeping up with sister wives uh I, this is your official call to get back into sister wives because our second to last wife is about to file for the official divorce. It's official. Cody's down to one wife. It's it's real. So if you've been waiting for your sister wife's check-in call, this is it. Cody has one wife. It's Robin. We all know it's Robin. She That's the favorite wife. And he literally says it in this last episode. He's literally like, you will never separate me and Robin. And all the other wives are just like, so, okay, bye. Anyway, <laughs> it's... It, yeah, and he's just spiraling more and more. Like every episode, he's just like, I don't understand. I'm hot. Why are my wives leaving me? And they're like, You never talk to your children. He's like, But so? so? And he's like, So if once a child becomes 18, they don't need a dad anymore. Oh, and God. Uh, yeah, but that isn't working out for him. That's kind of a relief. Go watch Sister Wives. Yeah, because I feel like some wild things are about to happen in that family because he is spiraling. Uh, that's that's my watch list for you. That's my recommendations. Jamie, thank you so much for joining us. Anything you want to plug? Where can people follow you? Oh, uh, thank you for having me. I'm longtime listener, so this is really exciting. Oh, I, I'm obsessed with you. You're my favorite. Please. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, uh, get, if if you're interested in the uh, cultural taxonomy of hot dogs, get my book Raw Dog. Uh, it came out this year. It's it is really fun. And uh, if you you know whatever hot dog you feel strongly about, I probably feel strongly <laughs> about in uh, one way or another. So um, yes, yes, in one way or another. Yeah. It's it's a really really fun read. I devoured it in a in a little nice weekend. So go pick it up. And also, listeners, actors are still on strike. We are still supporting the SAG strike. So if you also would like to support them, uh, if you're in L.A. or New York, you can join a picket line or drop off food, water. Uh, You can also donate money to the Entertainment Community Fund, which helps non-actor Hollywood crew members who suffer hardships due to the strike. You can donate at entertainmentcommunity.org and make sure to direct your gift to the film and television category when asked. There you go. TV Club, thanks so much for joining us. You have so much fun, weird TV to watch. I know you've never heard of Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, so go watch it. Get into it. Get your life changed. It's, yeah. It'll, I bet you'll watch it and you'll be like, oh, now I understand what that 30 Rock joke is about from like 40 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. It's like one of those shows. It's incredible. Uh, So go do that. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week with another episode. TV I Say with Ashley Ray is an Earwolf production made by me, Ashley Ray Harris. It's engineered by Abby Aguilar, produced by Anita Flores, executive produced by Amelia Chapelo, and our original theme song is by Rafia. It means so much to me if you go rate, review, subscribe, follow TV I Say. Let us know what you think and tell your friends. Share with your golden girls. Tell your boys. If you love my TV recommendations, let everyone you know know. For special TV club members, join my Patreon. 